0: Thank you for listening to another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion about the Morgeth Raid Challenge. I talked about what it was, why it was a step in the right direction. It does make you play the fight a little bit differently. You don't kill any of the ogres at all. And it takes uh, quite a bit longer for the Taken Power to show up. But I said I wanted to see them go a little bit further with the challenges as well as the rewards and kind of echoed another reason and just ground for why it'd be cool to see a raid npc in the game and so if you're watching this on youtube listening on itunes or google play or spotify you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage uh, as with all of my content you can be here live to take part in these q a sessions they're a live interaction thing i do with stream i do appreciate you guys listening though and the other places please be sure to share the podcast with people that you think might enjoy it first question from don't do it what do you think about bringing back d1 raid bosses into the forest crota atheon Skolos, add on to the upcoming ones and the events when they leave yeah i talked about this yesterday i would love to see them i would love to see them bring back the old raids i think the infinite Forest is a perfect excuse to do it i've said for a very long time probably since curse of osiris that you could say hey these are dark future versions of the raid. So the guns would be different. You could institute the random roles. You could institute the curated roles, the mods, etc. And you could make the fights be different. And that could be really, really fun, I think. As a way to bring back things that we love, but make it feel different and make the rewards be different. I would love to play Wrath and VOG and Kingsville, I'd love to play all of them with the higher frame rate and the higher FOV. It would be beautiful. And there's a part of me that thinks th- that's a very, very distinct possibility um, given the nature of the engine and given the nature of how much nostalgia is there. Now, the only reason I might push back on that and say it's likely to not happen, like if I try to think about like both sides of the fence, it's the small percentage of people that engage with that type of content But then the other side of me is like, they did it for Age of Triumph. So, and that wasn't even paid content. And now, somebody might say, yeah, but that was during a time where basically they had nothing else to add to Destiny. Okay, that's gonna happen. They're gonna get to the end of Destiny 2 and lead into Destiny 3 and be at a place where they might say, best thing to do right now is bring back different versions of the raids and the weapons and put them in the Infinite Forest like we did with Age of Triumph. So... You could call it like the Age of Reflection or something. Green Talon Jocks. Thoughts on Thunderlord and its return? Uh, what will be its main usage? Add clear DPS. How hyped are you? I got asked about this the other day. I just don't know if a, if an H uh, HMG, by the way, it's a heavy. If an exotic heavy machine gun is going to be able to seat the other exotic heavies. It's just really, really difficult to take off some of the really, really strong heavies in the game right now. And that machine gun's going to have to have a really, really distinct purpose if people are going to start slapping it on. I was actually hoping that LNGs were going to show up as light machine guns and end up in the energy slot. I actually think you could make a pretty strong case for grenade launchers and weapons like that to have their damage toned down a little bit and slap them in the energy slot. Just because... I I don't know, I feel like grenade launchers, especially, and swords, I feel like swords could have their damage toned down and slap them in the energy slot, they'd be a great shotgun alternative, and it would kind of change that like, hey, you can just kind of get in everything's face, it would change that combat a little bit, your ammo management's a little bit different, Uh, knocking back the enemies, kind of turning the tables, right, you keep freaking knocking me back, I'm gonna knock you back, right, That'd be kind of cool. So I think I think a shakeup of where things land could be good, and I think the Thunderlord is gonna. I, if it's in the power slot, I think it's gonna continue to expose some of the things I've talked about with the power hierarchy in the game. I just have a really hard time believing that gun is going to be good enough to get a lot of traction from folks, because I think I think in the grand scheme of things, that type of weapon. Generally, doesn't get treated very well with respect to damage output. They just don't. So, I just got buffaloed. Interesting. So, uh, next question, Mac twenty ninety nine. There have been some fun raid challenges and some bad ones. What was your favorite, and what would you have been good, uh, and what would have been good challenge for the bad, a change for the bad ones? Uh, I really, really liked my favorite over time was the Atheon challenge. At the very, very beginning of Atheon Challenge, I didn't like it. It was chaotic. It graded against my sense of organization and, like, having everything set. I didn't like that. Like, I had been raiding for a long time in D1. uh, And I was like, oh, man, I don't like this. Okay? And then, over time, I thought, this is the the absolute best challenge they've ever ever created. I loved it. I loved teaching it. I loved running it. It was very, very fun. So i would like to see more challenges like that as far as challenges that are bad and we need to see new ones um a lot of the times when they just made you change roles i just never felt like those were good enough i always felt like a really cool crota challenge would have been that you can only go hit him once before like the oversoul right so you go and you hit him with a sword and then you go back and you have to swap swords with somebody that would have been really cool i don't know why the music's playing so if you're listening to this on itunes google play or spotify uh, i have everything turned off in destiny apparently the intro music doesn't count so maybe because the game crashed i'm still gonna have sound when i first boot up i don't know i just think being like oh you can't do that again like the aura holding at war priest and stuff like that they could have gone further than that i think um i don't know there's other th- there's other ways I think to stretch the team and make them do different things. Sometimes I think during DPS bathing scenes, you could have been like, "No, somebody needs to go somewhere else and do a thing or, you know, break up how cuz here's what we're here's here's what I think they need to try to address. If you're not going to do a hard mode, and because you're not going to do a hard mode, there's no mechanical changes to the fights, right? Warrior Poet, thanks for five months of subs. Welcome back. Almost half a year. There's no Light Eater Nights coming out. There's no unstable light. Like, there's no mechanical changes to the fights. If that's the case, if we're not going to get that, why not do something to really try to torpedo teams that are just baking everything? Oh, you think it's fun to bake Morgath? Okay, well, hold on to your hat. Like, completely, as I said before in my talk, maybe you have to kite the ogres through the taken the taken things and when you kite them through that it it makes him receive you know the taken power faster so nobody you're not just one-shotting him with whisper all day like okay what can we do to make it to where people can't just you know completely bake this boss super super fast uh with with a with a dps melt that's what i would really try to spearhead and try to torpedo because those are the teams that are your target Who's your target for a raid challenge? Teams that really know what they're doing and want to spice it up and try something that's a little bit harder. Okay, like I said for Shiro Chi, once she's damageable, maybe nobody can be on her platform. Like, the Crystal guys do it, and then everybody has to get back, and you have to damage her from far away, just to limit that, that Escalation Protocol shotgun insanity that everybody's doing, right? I kind of like the one for... The opener, and I think that was a, that was appropriately not that hard because it's the first fight. You had to do all of the platforms, which then spawns all the, the all the ogres in the middle. I thought that was pretty good. A completely you know different way of playing the fight. You have to go do all the platforms. It adds a pain mechanic. It adds a, a you know an enemy mechanic. But I would like to see that that spearheaded stop us from DPS baking, make us do other things. So then you have to engage with the the, the ogre, the Morgeth mechanic of stunning him. You're just ignoring that mechanic. We never have to deal with that mechanic. We just skip right past it because we kill him really fast. Make it so we can't kill him really fast. That's what challenges should be doing. So. Kind of like when you had to go the distance at uh Vosik. At Vosic when you had to do the rooms, you couldn't one bake him, right? You had to you had to go the distance in the fight. And I I think that I think that made that a good challenge because it was an endurance challenge rather than a bake challenge. I think there's play I think there's room for both. I think there's room for both. But I think a lot of the times it just turns into a bake and the challenge isn't challenging because everybody's just baking the boss. nine 92 says, "What do you think uh, that the do you think that the horror story should be able to be infused into other primaries?" I don't understand this question. Is it not infusible? I don't what are you talking about? If I take this ether doctor cannot infuse into other items i didn't realize that was the thing that is actually really interesting huh i did not know that was a thing i thought you could infuse it into other auto rifles um i guess you just break it down for the masterwork cores see to me that's a strange restriction i can break it down for seven masterwork cores but i can't infuse it into another gun what in the actual frick like you're giving me the equipment you're giving me the 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 economy to infuse you're giving me the economy to infuse from it i guess if you're getting maybe they just didn't want it to be a shortcut for people that aren't getting 600 drops because that's three 600 primary drops again it's only in the primary yours was locked it's grayed out though it's grayed out it doesn't gray it out when you lock it. It says literally it says cannot infuse into other items. It just has a red bar at the top of the, of the item. I like that you can't infuse it. Like there, it, It's not limiting, though. Think about it. As long as you have that in your inventory, the game registers you as having a 600 kinetic. So not letting people infuse it is just limiting player volition needlessly, in my opinion. Like, you're not actually restricting anything. They have a 600 kinetic. Who the frick cares? You know what I mean? Harry, did you hear about how the Haunted Forest should be kept and have it drop random roll prophecy weapons on completion? I've seen that. uh, I've seen that floating around as a suggestion. I like that. I actually said that you could introduce new weapons since it's the Haunted Forest. And those weapons are kind of stuck and encased in curse of osiris as soon as they do that you're going to open up the floodgates for requests for all of the escalation protocol stuff to get the same treatment so i would be i would be more prone to say give us new gear and i've and this has been my idea since the beginning like since the first day i played it i was like uh loot should be dropping in here with random rolls and i actually said treat it like escalation protocol I think mine is a a bit of a step further with rhythmic deliverable of content because you say this week it's this gun drops from the end random roll right and then so the random roll elongates the content and the rhythmic nature of it elongates the content as well instead of just grinding for forge weapons I'm not really really big on old weapons coming back like that because I think that just creates this continued looking back attitude in the community which we have too much of that already don't don't mess with my escalation protocol shotgun everybody's running you know midnight coup and sleeper you know what i mean i really want to start pulling the player's gaze forward to new things new perks new guns t funk do you think the darkness modifier uh should be moved to nightfalls since you know it's a nightfall the darkness modifier i'm not actually sure what that is where is the darkness modifier um I don't know. I, I guess, yeah. I want more modifiers for nightfalls and strikes and stuff. That's why I argue for three elemental guns because you could make Prism more fun and bring it back and bring back Rainbow Burn. Death Breath. Having the raid challenge tied to clan bounties seems to negatively impact small clans and solo players. Why do you think Bungie made this decision? Um, oh, he means the flashlights. Darkness in the forest? I, I don't care about that. Uh, <laughs> the... Yeah, tying it to clans does feel completely needless. And I again, this gets at the need for a raid NPC. If you don't have a, a, a clan, but you can adequately use LFG, what's to say you can't just go to the raid NPC, grab the challenge bounty, and then take off and go to LFG, right? Needing a clan to get the raid challenge. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's the right call either. But again, I think it exposes a deficiency in in, in a lack of a Raid NPC. I think Benedict was so close. Benedict was so close to what we've all been kind of like, why isn't there a Raid NPC? Why isn't there a Raid rank? The Raid NPC could give bounties. The bounties, you know, could raise your rank or in this case, be the function of the challenge. I think that'd be a great, great move. So, how small a clan? You can max 100k with seven people. Clans characters each well i I just think that the issue more or less is actually that people just aren't all in clans deadman incorporated Lono, would you like to see more raid challenges where you engage in an actual mechanic that has more risk reward the axis challenge was my personal favorite for this reason stretch your positioning to get a plate free supers if you succeed that's why i've always contested and said that wrath of the machine was endgame perfection they got so much right in wrath they got so much right in wrath the internal economy to re-roll armor, the challenges were better. There was the endurance challenge, and as you're saying, there was the risk-reward challenge of plates at the end that was was difficult, but you were rewarded with efficiency. Um, yeah, I think there's a huge, huge missing component of that from the challenges. That's why the Morgeth challenge and the Shurochi challenge just feel kind of chintzy. Shurochi's is really easy. Shurochi... Hers is really easy to fail, and Morgeth's is really easy to do. They're just both in really, really weird um spectrums of challenge. I honestly we could probably do Shiro Chi's now that we just see that like you basically just a hide behind stuff, but like with the way that she shoots, honestly, sometimes you're literally gonna fail just because you have to move. You can't stay hidden forever. You literally have to move now. Maybe that's the challenge, right? You have to hide 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 until her tempo increases And then maybe once her tempo increases she doesn't shoot you I feel like when her tempo increases because the crystals are out I feel like numerous times people have pushed to the plates gotten shot and we failed and it's like what the frick How do you prevent that from happening? You have to push to the plate? It's literally a requirement of the raid at that point um, It's not like you have an option to just ignore the plates you know the, the crystals because if you wait too long eventually like you're gonna you're gonna run out of time maybe there's a threshold of waiting period and that's the real challenge at Shurochi, is that you're gonna run out of time and that means you have to do the puzzle room you know significantly faster i don't know uh death starfish afternoon lono i've now hit a level where i'm comfortable trying to go into the raid 555 560 how does this raid compare to king's It took me about 16 hours to complete one blind with buds for the first time if you and somebody's go into Riven blind, it's going to take you a long dadgum time. A long dadgum time. Pretty much everybody that was contending for Worlds First was using shared knowledge. I mean, I'm not calling anybody out. We did it. I don't know if anybody beat it pure day one. There may have been people that solve things before others, but when Worlds First is on the line, I don't think people go for purity of knowledge. I think they take any and all information that could potentially help them beat it. I don't think somebody is gonna say no we got far enough where i was like all right you know tell us how to beat this one usually in the beginning i say nah i don't want to know don't tell me and then as things advance i'm like yeah you guys can go ahead and tell us um so but if you're gonna run it completely uh by yourself then i would say (laughs) i would say blind you're gonna take a long time to beat it some of the puzzles and things are ridiculously hard to figure out Hmong, do you think the current raid challenge could be implemented better? Uh, it seems like the challenge is not well put together. Yeah, I mean, I already touched on this in ways they could improve it. That was basically my entire talk. Uh, we only have two questions left, so if you want to submit questions about the Morgoth raid challenge or just questions about Destiny, feel free to submit those now. Uh, I'm literally just going to run a Gambit game and a, uh, a Crucible match. I don't think I have enough of the Gambit stuff for the, um... For the for that thing to put on a whole a whole set, I have one for for crucible, so I am going to do that whenever it's time to finally go into the crucible. Yeah, I'm missing the uh, I'm missing. I've got everything on the Titan except for the gauntlets, so I need to keep my eyes open for gambit gauntlets, and then I can do that as well. I can put on the full set. Well, I couldn't do that anyway for this because I have to wear the mask for the haunted forest thing. So, uh, Bower Socks, what are your thoughts on the possibility of D3 being more RPG aimed to the hardcore players and possibly getting an area that is PVP VE added to the game? Obviously it's just a rumor or a potential leak at the moment, but just wondering your thoughts on it. It doesn't surprise me at all after what they learned from the community and after what they delivered in Forsaken. It doesn't surprise me in the least, um, that they would push towards that. That's not surprising at all that they would say let's go more RPG, let's go more hardcore, the ability for them to maintain player base while adding all these things, and and if you think about it, they didn't just maintain player base, they basically brought the player base back. Player base numbers for this game were incredibly low and in suffering, and here we are, we're close to 2 months out from Forsaken and there's still 1.3 million daily PvE players. Over a million PvE players, and we're almost two months out from Forsaken. Almost 900,000 Crucible. So Crucible's got great engagement, honestly, this, this far out. Crucible usually drops to six six to seven hundred thousand. So it's still close to nine hundred thousand, almost a million, and over a million for PvE. So when they look at the landscape's response, the community's response almost two months after the DLC that like, look at what we can do when we create investment paths, long loot chases, and more hobbyist sentimentality. Look at what happens. So when people say, don't argue for the hobbyist, I would say, you got no idea what you're talking about. We should argue for the hobbyist. Look at what it does to community engagement. Look at what it does to the longevity of the content. This is longer and better player-based ba- player engagement than Taken King. Taken King had a three-week life cycle, and then everyone's like, there's nothing to do. And a month after Taken King, people are like, I got nothing to do. I've not heard that yet. About Forsaken. I have not heard a single community member come in and tell me that. Three weeks after t- Taken King, I had people come in and tell me that. We're almost two months away and I haven't heard that sentimentality yet. We're getting much better longevity out of this content. Of course, they're going to lean into that obvious RPG. Now, PvP, VE, that could be why they developed Gambit. Gambit could be an experiment. If you want my honest opinion, it feels like an experiment. It's a bit of a beta. It's not very fun. There's rubber band mechanics. There's things in it. It doesn't feel polished once you really get in there and and a meta emerges. It's a very frustrating uh, piece of content. So, Juicebox. Has Bungie made an official announcement on the you've already completed the challenge issue? Yeah, they're going to fix it. DMG spoke to it. He replied to a couple of different people on Twitter and I saw the tweets. He basically said it's a known issue and they're working on it. Any idea on what the Riven challenge might be? It could just be don't kill the ogres. I don't know how that's going to work. That room will get wild if you don't kill the ogres because it's something about like the epic arena or something. I forget the I forget the language they used. I wouldn't be surprised if it's something along those lines. Just keep the keep the ogres alive. That room will get nuts. Um afraid not, Taking King added 5 million to the existing player base. Anecdotal evidence does not count for much when Bungie dropped the requirement to put both DLCs mere weeks after Forsaken dropped. They didn't do that because of seeing Taken King like play rotation. It's not anecdotal evidence, Gollum. A month after Taken King came out, player base numbers, daily player base numbers dropped significantly, and I constantly had people saying they had left less to do. A month after it came out, there were there, the, the player base drop-off was far more significant. Far more significant. It's not anecdotal evidence. I looked at the player base numbers back then. Now, if it added 5 million players, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about sustained player base. You went to a completely different subject. As far as people coming into the game, I think Destiny 2 was in worse shape, and it was a harder sell. It was a much harder sell. As far as daily engaged player base, a month after Taken King came out, it was a lot of people that were like, I don't have anything to do, and the player base numbers went back down again. They 100% went back down. I remember shortly after taking King came out, checking player base numbers, and it was like 600,000 PvP, 800,000 PvE. You know, so I and I think the annual pass is gonna is gonna be the next big test. Is will the player base not only kind of have the, a bit of a rebound, but then will it sustain good daily numbers when you you bring you know annual annual pass content to the game? That would be. That would be a question that we, we can't know until probably when we get into January after the December content's been delivered and we've kind of seen, you know, how much is there and how much, how much are people really caring, you know, because loot incentives going to be the big issue. Jay Freeman, simple question. Favorite raid weapon overall? I mean, for all time, obviously I'd probably go with Fatebringer, but the, um, the Vision of Confluence was my baby. I couldn't get anything else to drop. I didn't get the Fatebringer until House of Wolves uh, came out, and I was more or less going for that just for completionist. Uh, and then I went for the Imago loop with explosive rounds because I loved the look of the gun because I missed my Fatebringer. It looked like uh, a Fatebringer. So I the, the Fatebringer probably be my favorite uh, raid weapon of all time. As far as now, the only real weapon that a lot of people are coveting and even using in great numbers would be the chattering bone uh that's that's that that's a very very nice pulse and with the right uh, and with the right build uh, and roll it's a strong strong gun uh it's a strong strong gun so i like mine i really 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 want uh the i really really want the rampage outlaw version uh i think that would be really fun because currently, I just can't get that one to drop, and that's like a solid roll. A lot of people are liking Nation of Beasts, but in my energy weapon video, I talked about how when a primary gets slapped into the energy slot, it's harder to get excited about it. There's, you know, there's a handful of reasons. I don't want to you know, spell out that entire video uh, again, but there's a handful of reasons why Nation of Beasts isn't that exciting for me, even though I got the curated roll. An Outlaw Rampage would be fun, but I really like running the curated roll uh because it feels like a fate bringer but it just feels like I'm diminishing my power because there just aren't there aren't good kinetic there just doesn't feel like there's good kinetic options to put on when you run an energy primary um so snuck up on that guy <laughs> invader down um I'm going to try and take the next question, but I'm actually playing decent right now, and I don't want to lose 11 motes because our plate is covered, and we're probably uh, okay to not get invaded now because the other team has their prime evil out. Uh, Sergi says, do you think Bungie uh, should add a specific grind to RNG since... I know people who got 1k voices with Run Raid, and some people never got it with close to 20. Maybe increase the odds. No, I don't think you want to do that with something like 1k voices. I don't mind them giving Nightfall specific loot that treatment. Uh, I don't mind that. But that's different right that, that, that's a that's a gun that can have random rolls. that's a gun that you know you can kind of keep going for the role that you want and then that's going to lead to somebody feeling like they can kind of keep trying right now it's like if you don't get the 1k voices that's basically the only you know the only kind of thing uh for you to go for in in you know as far as like having that that really really awesome end game pbe thing to chase right because people, every time I bring up the fact that we don't have a we don't have a broadsword or Lunas Hal or Not Forgotten grind in PVE, everybody brings up the 1K voices. So that's kind of our prized unicorn. And if you increase drop rate from not getting it, I don't know. Uh, Hmong, should Bungie increase the 1K drop rate? Yeah, we just had this question. No. Uh, KOS, do you think Bungie could start making some quests account bound versus character so you could do it on any character and still make progress on the quest? Example, Crucible quest and the Sleeper. Uh, I don't understand. You could do account bound so you could do it on any character. Oh, so you could, like, rotate characters even though you're, like, so basically, like, you're done with your milestones on your Titan, and you want to switch to your Warlock, and you want to keep working on the quest, but... If you switch to your Warlock, you're no longer working on the quest. Um, I understand what you're saying, and I think there could be some room for that. I don't know if that's a significant pain point. I also don't know if there's a significant reason from Bungie to not let you do that. I can't think of a very strong reason to be like, nah, we don't want to let you do that. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of reason to let you do that uh, because of what I just rattled off again it would be like hey i want to switch characters and work on other milestones um and i can't do that because you're making you're making me i have to play this quest on this character um instead of just switching and you know changing up the grind you, you're making me do this and i think and i think that again i cannot believe i just died and lost 15 motes to that freaking guy i cannot believe that just happened um, Next question from Skizzy. How many more weeks do you think uh, are left until the Dreaming City has something change in its cycle? Well, I mean it's I think we've gone full full circle now. I think we've gone full circle. Um you, I don't know if there's anything left. Now again, maybe they introduce things maybe they introduce things with um the the annual pass content, I don't know. Maybe the annual pass content will open up the the Dreaming City possibilities for more stuff. Um, that would be pretty cool. You know, make things that you can't, you know, you can't see until the annual pass gets here. Now, again, that might frustrate people because then you're changing rhythm in the game around paid content, and people might not like that, so I don't know. You might not see any major changes to Dreaming City ever again, for that reason. Um, unless they just say, oh, it's a seasonal change. You don't have to buy the annual pass, they could do that, I guess. Um, biz, Ghost, uh, Stalk, or Stalk, Steak? Uh, Stalker, Big Ghost Stalker, sorry, the R went down on the previous line, and... I wasn't sure what the name was. I'm sorry what? I don't understand how the first shot didn't kill him. How do you feel about raid weapons losing their special raid perk and going to mods essentially? Personally I miss special perks uh that help mechanics of the raid itself. Yeah, I mean that's a huge that's a huge vacancy right now, I think, in the game. I think raid perks, I think raid perks are a huge vacancy. Uh, that was always super enjoyable to have the ability to get Oracle Disruptor, um, and to get the, what was, I forget the other one, I think the other one was Oversoul, right? Couldn't you get, like, better hits on the Oversoul or something? I think that guy literally jumped off, um, I don't know how he got over there, I mean, I guess I couldn't see him through the ads. So yeah, 100% want to see perks brought, the, the, the increased, uh, the increased defense when you were holding a charge, increased agility when holding a cannon. That stuff was minimal, but it was cool. And I talked about that yesterday, feeling like I'm not just better at the raid, I'm now stronger in the raid. I, I like that. I like that sense of accomplishment from getting, uh, from getting uh, more equipment from the raid. Hap 92, if PVE has something like Luna, what would be special about it? It needs a perk like Magnificent Howl. Magnificent Howl is a perk you can't get anywhere else. We don't really have that in PVE. Where are the guns that allow you to feel like, well, this is the only way I'm getting this perk. You got Magnificent Howl, and then there's Desperado. We don't have that in PVE. Now, they added fourth times the charm, but... I'll try not to fall asleep. I'll try not to fall asleep while I, while you, while you talk about how good um, that perk is. You know, that's not a great perk. It's like it, it's literally just a different version of triple tap. It's literally just a different version of triple tap. Uh, so, and I am being extremely pesky to these guys. <laughs> uh, I'm killing them with a thousand voices. I fell in the lava! Aw! <laughs> uh, wish wishwash. Bungie has mentioned that Gambit will evolve in Black Armory. Do you think they are just collecting feedback and changing uh, to the community, or do you think they already had something in mind? Seems quick to evolve. I don't think that's too quick to evolve. I think they had to know. Listen, I don't think Bungie's ever in the dark about a meta developing. I don't think they're ever in the dark about a meta developing. Like... Oh, what? Uh, There's a meta, and it's frustrating, and certain guns are too strong? Like, I don't think Bungie's ever taken surprise by... I don't think they're ever taken surprise by that, personally. So, I don't necessarily know if they had, like, slated changes, uh, you know, slated changes for already. I think they just knew, this game mode's not finished, and... Yeah, and it's evolving in Joker's Wild, too. I think that's correct. It's not that it's evolving in Black Armory. Now, maybe they said Black Armory, they're going to bring some changes, but I know specifically they said it will evolve in uh, in, in Gambit. I'm, I'm sorry, in Joker's Wild. Even if it does, even if it does evolve that far out, I don't think they have sandbox or concrete changes in mind. I think at a, gra- at a ground level, they probably just have, like, different versions of it. I think there's, like, a different version of it. Maybe there's going to be, like, a heroic version of it or something. And so then people will have that sense of it's a completely different game now or, or whatever. Instead of where it is now, it's people largely just sort of playing the meta over and over and over again and hoping to get the cool, you know, boss for the malfeasance or... Um, I may grind for that eventually because the malfeasance um, uh, the malfeasance is a, is a cool weapon but it's not a very strong weapon um, I have one more quest. can you stop putting down console players just for playing on inferior platform I've never said anything about console players playing on an inferior platform um, and you have a 12 day old account so you sound like a troll no, I'm just going to go ahead and ban you uh, let's see here uh, redonk do you ever play with any other streamers in the community? Uh, yeah, periodically I have. I've pushed back from that because I just don't have time. I do SNTR Presents. I do Q&A. I raid with the community. Uh, and then I usually shift to other games in the afternoon. Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is getting pushed back. I've wanted, to, I've been wanting to do some things with the community, with Fortnite and playing with the community, and we're gonna bring some of those ideas into the future. I also have some other podcast ideas. So playing with streamers is something I've honestly moved away from. I honestly got tired of it. It's disruptive, uh, viewership goes down, and generally you just you fill you fill the stream with a bunch of alphas, and it's just I just I don't think it actually works all that well most of the time. Uh, approach. How do you feel about, um, how do you feel about Midnight Coup? Uh, would you give up a pulse rifle or an auto for it? Midnight Coup is a god-tier weapon and always will be because of the perk combination. The only way you have Midnight Coup get outclassed is with new perks. That's why I said we need something like Magnificent Howl or Desperado in PVE, or you leave it behind. It, outlaw, Rampage, and the aim assist on the weapon, it's just a solid weapon. That's not going to change unless you leave it behind with respect to power or introduce perks that n- make it outclassed. If you use, like, another auto-rifle, pulse-rifle, or another hand cannon, it could be outclassed given the right new perks. Uh, Pharaoh, any thoughts on the Mind Banner's Ambition? Farm, maybe cheese? Oh, I've heard the farm is a bit of a cheese. Most Nightfalls, you can't do that, so, I mean, they'll probably patch that. I don't think they like it when people... Uh, when people do that as far as the weapon goes i know it's 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 one of the best shotguns in the game for pvp if you get the right perks but now we're hearing from triple wreck and even lucky was testing things yesterday when we raided lucky that it doesn't seem like range differences on the guns are a thing like they all kind of are doing the same thing and then there's like a blue shotgun i guess it has like stupid range that's not in line with its stat or something i don't know uh i'm so blazed out of all the raids how would you rank them least favorite to most favorite I would probably always pick uh, Wrath as a favorite because of what it did for my channel. Kingsfall would be in there as well, um, just because Kingsfall kind of put me on the map uh, as a streamer, and uh, that—that's not something you can—you can like really quantify. So I would I would think that would be that 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 would be like close to second with Wrath and then Vogs right up there. Crota kind of falls behind, but then Crota was like a wine; it aged very well with time. It like it honestly got better with Age of Triumph. So Leviathan's way down on the very very bottom. I wouldn't even pick it. I don't like it at all. And then I would put Last Wish. Last Wish is like up there with the rest of them. They're all great. They're all great for different reasons. I'm always gonna pick. Um, I'm always going to pick the, uh, I'm always going to pick Wrath as my favorite though. Like I just loved playing it. It was super, super fun to play that one. And there were other reasons why I think Wrath is the best. The weapons were fantastic. They were good. Uh, there were pinnacle weapons within the meta at that time, even outside of the raid. Uh, raid perks were great. Internal economy for rerolling. The challenges, the fights. It only The only uh, mark against Wrath is the lack of a boss fight. It's missing a boss fight. I still feel like we should have had to fight the Siege Engine. Siege Engine should have went down into the water and came back like, siva is is something that needed uh, to happen. I think personally, there was just that was a, that was a that was a missing missing quality point in that in that fight uh, because honestly, when you think about raids, that that felt like a felt like almost like it was like a, a missing piece because you usually just have more bosses than than that. So. Are you excited about any of the leaked details for Destiny 3? I don't put any stock in leaked details because I think predictions are very easy to make. Uh, I think the predictions that have been made by myself and others largely come true because Bungie's slightly predictable, it's, it's easy to see the trajectory of the game. So the Destiny 3 leaks could just be very easy predictions and not necessarily leaks. As I said the other day. I could have done leaks on Reddit when I made predictions about a lot of things that happened that came true, and people would have been like, "This guy's got inside information!" Oh my gosh! Like, and I didn't have inside information. I literally, I literally had no inside information. I just made predictions about where I thought the franchise was going, because um, th- I don't know. It was easy to see where certain things were gonna go. I f- I feel like uh, Hmong. Should the 1K voice become a quest in Season 5 to give those who never got it in Season 4? I wouldn't mind running 10 raids to get it versus RNG. My clan has 20 active raiders and only one person's gotten it. I mean this is where i think a raid npc could come in and kind of help cushion some of this blow like what if you run the raid enough that you get a boon and then the boon increases your chance for the for the for the 1k voices or something so then you're rewarded for your time investment it's still rng it's still super exciting when you get it i just don't think you want to take that aspect away it's like our new Galahorn. but i think you could again use a raid npc to alleviate some of that pain and frustration Dark007. Do you think Bungie should give us actual numbers for perks, buffs, etc? Moving away from casuals, it'd be nice to know what percent. Why does it even have to be casuals? Like, if a casual looks at this and sees bars with the percentage next to it, and then look at this and see bars with the percentage next to it, even a more casual player... Right? Right? Even a more casual player is gonna look at that and be like, "Oh, that's actually kind of helpful," because it's hard to tell the difference between the bars. Oh, just hold down the button. I—I I mean, even a casual player, I think, can appreciate more information. Um, more information, and I think that's 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 a reasonable request. TTV contracts. Do you think Gambit should have tokens for packages also? Um. I don't think so. I think you raise your rank, you roll it over enough, you get a gear, you get gear, you get drops at the end of matches. I think drops at the end of matches are better because then the random rolls is like, oh, I got a gun, let me check the roll instead of going to the tower and like tapping the A button. So the pivot away from tokens toward drops at the end of matches in both PvP and in uh, and in Gambit, I think is the right call because of what I just kind of outlined. Um, whenever you do that, I think you just, you, in my opinion, there's more of an excitement. There's more of a reason to play. There's less a reason to quit. You're like, why would I quit? The game's almost over. I might get a drop instead of, well, the game's almost over. We're losing. I'm going to get less tokens. I don't know. Drops at the end with random rolls. I think is the, is the right, is the right pairing. SOS now. Do you think something should be done about how powerful ingrams are rewarded? I hate being forced into game modes. I don't want to play and my leveling is suffering from it. Um, no, it's not that's, that's, it. you're overstating, you're overstating this significantly, uh, one Gambit game and one Crucible game per week for daily is not forcing you to do anything that significant outside your comfort zone, now, five Crucible matches, sure, I don't do those anymore, the three Gambit matches, sure, I don't do those anymore, that's two Ingrams you're missing out on, that is not making your level, your leveling is not suffering at all, uh, because of that. Not at all. Um, so I would think I would think that's you're really overstating the case. Uh, you're really overstating the case when you say that. You're missing out on two. Running one gambit match. Come on, just get in there and run it. Get it over with. Crucible match. Same difference. Like just get in there and get it over with. I'm literally mindlessly playing a comp match for a for a lost a festival of the lost bounty. I don't care. I just got a wing disciplined chess piece and I got the bounty completed. Peace out, Crucible. Don't give a frick to play ever again. It's not hurting your That's just too that's just too ingram. I think that's that's a bit of an overstatement. So if you're here right now, I am gonna continue streaming, so don't go anywhere. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash to rage or follow me on Twitter at rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.